Quick message from our sponsor. Imagine if you could make your destination page match your messaging, eliminate leaks and distractions when sending someone from an ad or message, remove friction and make it easy to buy. Dream no more. Checkout Links is a simple but powerful app that lets you quickly create specialized bundles in a mini landing page that syncs directly with your Shopify checkout. Preload the shopping cart to reflect your order in that specialized bundle. You can automatically apply discounts so they don't have to manually type it in. And then you can also track individual link performance and so much more. You can find other creative ways to use them with your paid ads, customer support chats, holiday offers, new product launches, email and SMS campaigns, or even rewarding your VIP customers. Go to checkoutlinks.com slash Matt to learn more and install the Shopify app. That's checkoutlinks.com slash Matt. This is Brand Builders. We've been actively working in D2C land for years and are continuing to be in the trenches daily. I'm Matt Lady, one of the co-hosts. Each week, I have an episode with Tom Brown and an episode with Richie Mashiko. Sometimes we'll have one together. We are here to share our unfiltered, candid, casual perspectives, insights, lessons, experiences on building a D2C brand. We text about this stuff all the time and are super nerds about all things e-commerce. And we just want to share this with you and hope you get something from it. Enjoy the show. All righty. We are back with uh, this episode of Brand Builders with Richie. And so this episode's all going to be about who the heck is this guy? How did he get on the show? How did we meet? What his background is? Why he's like smart and what he's done with Birdie and how he's grown that brand from like zero to multiple eight figures. So uh, this is what the episode's today about. So Richie, uh, tell us what the heck is Birdie? Who the heck are you? Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. So <laughs> got to get some, some credibility, you know, to this, this random Asian guy uh, <laughs> who's been talking into the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Birdie is, uh, we are a personal uh, safety brand. So we sell personal safety alarms for women. We believe, um, we envision a world where all women and all people are safe. Um, we launched in November of 2019 with the Hero product. It's called the Birdie Personal Safety Alarm. And essentially what it is, it's like the modern day version of a rape, of a rape whistle. Um, so you pull a pin, it makes a really loud noise, um, carry it around with you. Hopefully it scares some people off, keeps you safe, you know, kind of peace of mind. Um, we're all about empowerment. We don't believe in uh, marketing from a place of fear. And yeah, we uh, we launched the business in 2019. And yeah, I don't know where you want to go from there. There's kind of a lot of intermediate stuff that you probably yeah. have questions about or we could talk about. Sure, sure. sure. And I was introduced to Richie and Birdie around April-ish, May-ish of 2020. And so Birdie had some initial success. They launched. And then Richie started learning Facebook ads from Common Thread Collective Admission Group. And that's when he, me and him connected because I was in that group. I ended up being a community manager for that group for a while. And then he, one time he's He's Slack DM'd me from in the group, slid into my DMs, and was like, "Hey, we're thinking about scaling up Facebook. Like, are you are you available good? to take on these clients?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, he's like, "What's going on here? Like, can you tell me like what these numbers mean?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you, I got you." And so I didn't know Richie yet, like literally no idea, which is crazy because 
I think pretty much since that day, two and a half years ago, we've there's been more days we've texted than not by far. <laughs> so it's oh, probably like a 90-10 ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like way under exaggerating. Uh, so it's 90-10 probably. It's insane. So really good friend now. So I look at his ad account, and this is like the start of the pan the pandy, the pandemic back in 2020. And so his ad account is just firing. And he doesn't like, like he knows they're like making money and the sales are going up at Shopify. He's watching Shopify live view and like looking at the <laughs> Facebook ads. And so he's like, Matt, is this good though? I'm like, well, what's your like cost of goods? Like what's your target numbers, all this stuff. And it, it's, it's amazing. I'm like, dude, you can you do even more here. Like, you can optimize this, you can do this. You're just getting started and it's just working. So we are talking about that. He's talking to some other people, other freelancers, some other agencies. I sent him back this, we call it the Lady Loom special, this 37 minute Loom video. And I don't even know the guy. And I'm just like, hey, Richie, here's that account. Here's the website. Here's all what I think. And I kind of broke down between the difference between hiring someone like me, which was just a freelance Facebook advertiser versus a full service agency who can do ads and email and website and CRO and e all this stuff, SMS, all this stuff, right? So I like broke it down for him, basically turned away the work, basically told them to go hire this agency. <laughs> and then they took off like a rocket. So like, Richie, like how, given knowing all that context and me sharing that, all that, like what was your, like your perspective, your take? Cause I, I know what I, I just said, like I looked, I walked into the account and I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like. But like you guys got a lot going here. Like, how did you get to that point? You said you launched in November. That was April. What was that first six months like? Yeah, so uh, it was pretty bad. Um, I mean, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so we we did maybe about thirty thirty forty thousand dollars in November of December of twenty nineteen, um, and things just kind of fell off of fell off of a freaking cliff. And in, and then I remember meeting Andrew Ferris, um, who used to be at four by 400. He's doing his own thing now. Um, it turned out he was like a kind of a neighbor, uh, which in the same city, which is kind of rare for, I was like, who lives in Torrance, but whatever. I was like, Hey, you should try this Facebook thing. I was like, you sure that works? It's like, Oh, <laughs> and I was like, how do I do it? He's like, Oh, just sign up for this thing. It's called admission. I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> and then, um, enrolled and then i we didn't really start ad buying until may of 2020 so in april of 2020 we did 1200 dollars in sales for the whole month terrible like 1200 1200 <laughs> and then we started uh running ads um on like the 5th of may and i remember we spent like 50 dollars that day and we made like 200 dollars. like oh this is interesting this is pretty cool <laughs> um and we ended up doing $63,000 that month. Um, and we scaled it to a place where we're doing five to $7,000 a day at like a four to five mer. And we continued that through the month of June, but through the month of June, I was like, I was like thinking, man, this is like a hot potato. I do not know what the hell I'm doing. I literally have two campaigns. It's a DCT with a interest stack, a lookalike audience stack, a broad, a broad targeting and, um, a remarketing that wasn't even having the proper exclusions after I learned from Matt. Cause when you audited the account, you're like, uh, bro, your remarketing exclusions, uh, they kind of suck or they're not, they don't really exist. I was like, 
what's a market what's a remarketing exclusion um so my mindset was hey i think this is interesting you know we're kind of printing money at this point um but i have no idea what the hell is going on and so i just wanted to find someone or a group of people who could take it off my hands and and do it the right way and not uh freak uh, not freak out when things start going south because you know they always do eventually yeah, so <laughs> view through, baby. What about the view? Oh, yeah, what's a view through? I oh. still don't know what that is. I'm just kidding. I mean, uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so uh, Rashid gets to that point, ends up hiring another agency. They're relatively well known in our little DDC, cor- DDC Twitter corner. Yeah, give him a shout out. Homestead Studio, Zach. Shout Connor. out, Zach. Shout out, Zach. Shout out, Connor. He used to work there, and then they, they've grown a bunch since then. There are 40-plus team members now. I think they were quite a bit smaller when they were working with you guys. Um, and, and all this being said, this is pre-iOS 14.5. So just just for the timeline, if people forget, that was, the, that was 2021. So you end up going with an agency. Why did you end up going with an agency? And then what did that like open up and allow you guys to do for the rest of the year? Yeah, so I think the conversation that you and I had at the time was that, you know, yeah, we could just continue to ride this Facebook ads machine, but we didn't have we didn't have Clavio uh, email automation set up. So I was I was thinking, oh, we probably need to do all these like have the basics, right? We need to have solid email automation set up. We need to be buying on Google, you know, AdWords. We weren't even doing any Google ads. I built. I had just rebuilt the website on like a hundred fifty dollars theme, and you know, I was like, I think we need to do more stuff that's like blocking and tackling, you know. And that's ultimately why we went to uh, to work with Homestead because um, they did all of that stuff for us. Um, and for someone, for a group of people who are very new at e-commerce, like really like new, new. Like, you know, having one contact helps streamline a lot of things, right? And they were basically for those first, you know, six, seven months of really growing um, where our, our, our true outsource had a growth. Um, and I just gave them the approvals <laughs> and made sure that we had enough uh, inventory to sell. Yep. Uh, so that that makes sense. And I, I forgot to back up and say, uh, Amy and Allie are co-founders of Birdie and you're head of growth. Uh, and so none of you guys were like e-commerce first people. Like they made the product and had this idea and you had dabbled in e-commerce before, but like this is your first like full-time gig in it. So yeah. you were really looking for that full outsourced head of growth, like you mentioned, a full team to kind of tackle all these different channels and mediums and the ups and downs, right? Not just... Oh yeah, Matt, just like make our Facebook work better. And then you would have to go find, you know, two, three, four other people to like do the rest of the channels. Right. Yeah. So someone who actually knew what they were doing. Um, that was, that was kind of what we wanted. Um, (laughs) so, uh, that year we ended up doing, um, uh, seven and a half million dollars in sales. I can say that. Um, (laughs) And then um, we've been on a growth trajectory. Um, we like two x, a little more than two x that last year. We'll grow by we'll grow by about twenty five percent this year. Um, 
but then I, you know, eventually like to talk about some of the overall strategic thinking with sure. the new product that we launch, um, and kind of the thought process there, expanding on different channels, how that, that how that experience has been for us. Because um, I know a lot of people got screwed by uh, changes in advertising and supply chains. So just you know, just how to how to think about growing a bit, uh, growing an, an e-com business in in the current climate. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, again, to recap the numbers was 30 to 40 K end of 2019 for two months, fell off a cliff the first couple months of 2020. Then you got to about 40 to 50 uh, K in like May or June. And then 63, 63. And then 171 in June. I still remember those. (laughs) (laughs) And then, then seven and a half million by the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. So just second half of the year is just literally just straight up. Like just Yeah. Basically. So and then doubled that essentially the next year and then uh took a step back this year, but you're doing a bunch of stuff, including developing a new product, literally adding a SaaS essentially to your e-commerce brand, which is what most brands don't really do. So what are you talking about and what can you tell us about that? And about Birdie Plus, which is a new product. Yeah, so we started, um, so I think one of the things that we were very fortunate or good, whatever it was, like very early on, was we realized, uh, or at least we gave some credence to the thought of, hey, what do, what do we want this thing to look like, right? I think that's something that, um, what's the end goal? Like, and to be really concrete, is it to sell? Do you just want to catch the crap out of this thing? And that's something I, I don't I don't necessarily know a lot of entrepreneurs in general really think through pretty, pretty, uh, pretty deeply when they start businesses, right? And I think it really starts from the perspective of, of right, running a business. It solves a greater problem in your life, right? And that problem is how do you live a good life, right? So having an understanding of what would make you happy and have a good life makes it a lot easier to. Um, kind of reverse engineer, okay, if I had like my ideal life, well, how would this business play a role in that, right? And some people love running their business. Some people want to build to sell, right? Um, and actually that's changed in the past couple of weeks, man. And I don't think you, you know about that. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, oh. at the time we, you know, we thought, hey, selling, I mean, eventually, you know, it probably makes sense for us to sell just given the age um, the time, you know, Amy and Allie, like where they are in their life, but where I'm at in my life. So having that understanding, it was like, Hey, what's going to create the most enterprise value if we wanted to sell. Right. And, you know, um, for us, our product is a single purchase product. It's not like a consumable. We're not going to get valued off of top line revenue, um, as currently constructed. Um, and you know, we, talk to people and hey maybe the the multiple was about seven oh no like uh maybe like three to six x ebitda multiple right um or net income multiple um at the time you know we were at the first year i think we did maybe one or 1.2 in ebitda you know so you do the math i'm not gonna do public math because even though i'm asian i'm not gonna subject myself to that um (laughs) uh Um, 3.6 or 7.2 is what yes okay yeah yeah. white people math good job matt uh (laughs) (laughs) um not canceled yet 
um, and that just wasn't interesting, right? At least for us, given the rate that we were growing. Um, so it's yeah. like, okay, how do we create more value, right, of the overall business? And then that's, um, you know, send out customer product surveys or whatever. So when we realized, hey, like, we could create a subscription business off of this. Like, we could really parlay this OG, birdie, acoustic, like, uh, like acoustic product, right, and, and parlay it into, like, an IoT product. IoT so is internet of, internet of things. Yes, like, yes, person. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, connected to the connected to a mobile app, connected to the internet, uh, this product. So we spent all of last year basically developing it um, in 2021, and we launched it in June of this year. And I can't say how many subscribers we have, but Matt knows it's gone relatively well um, over the past. I would say really over the past six weeks. So really, we're really excited to. Um, focus our growth on this uh, on this new product and get a bunch of subscription revenue, which will hopefully value the business on a top line number of the subscription plus whatever EBITDA we have from the other business and and have that transition over the next, you know, two or three years. Right. So that's that's a good good uh, groundwork and good catch up summary in context of Birdie Plus. And so it's a, oh, let a me explain app. what it does actually. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I, was gonna, I was about to, but yeah. Yeah. So birdie plus, um, so the original birdie, it just makes a noise. You pull the pin, it makes a noise and it flashes a light. Birdie plus, um, connects to an app, iOS and Android. Um, and it does four things. It still makes a sound. If you pull the top, it, um, if you press the button once you get this fake, we call it an excuse to leave call. So if you're, a woman you're at a bar and some guy's hitting on you and you're uncomfortable but you don't want to pull the alarm and make a bunch of noise and cause a lot of attention to the scene you could press a button and you'll get a phone call and you kind of play along where it's like hey um sorry to bother you but could you come home i really need you and then it kind of gives you an out right it gives you an excuse to leave the second feature or the third feature i mean is if you press the button on the alarm twice it calls um essentially dispatches like an emergency service, right? Um, so that's the second feature. The third there the, the third feature, the fourth feature, that if you hold the button for three seconds, it shares your location with your emergency contacts. So that's like the connected um, upgraded features for that. And, and I guess for more context, we saw the original Birdie for 30 bucks online. Um, this one is 40 bucks plus an $8.99 a month subscription or an $89.99 uh, annual subscription. Um, so that's just kind of like product A and product B and the differences. Yeah. So that makes a ton of sense. Um, and so that's, it took a, like, again, th th it's all in your birdie. Like you said this business and that business, but just to clarify, like it's just a second product and yeah. it's, uh, it is a set different type of alarm and it has a subscription tied to that, um, that product. So you got the original birdie still same cost, same product, same kind of use case. And then birdie plus comes into play. You, again, you weren't really e-commerce people to begin with. And then you're definitely not like SaaS people to begin with. So how did you go about, like, how did you build this thing over the like 2021? And like, how did you just go about that? Yeah. I know we've, we talked about that a lot, but, um, I just want to hear like, 
your experience about it and your lessons and if you do it again differently, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, we we use third parties to build it. So we hired a firmware engineering firm that basically engineered the electronics in the actual alarm. We worked with an industrial design firm that did the product design, like the look and the feel of the product. Um, and then the firmware firm worked with a software agency who developed the app and uh, database. And also we have another shout out to someone that you introduced us to, uh, Shane, Shane Rostad, um, who's one of the, really one of the smartest people that I know um, who originally was just supposed to redesign our website and maybe do some landing page testing, maybe testing, whatever. Um, but he took a big role in developing a lot of the backend technology that connects the Shopify plat or Shopify store with our own app database. So that's how we built it. And it, and, and it was an expensive process, right? Um, way more expensive than we had realized, but I think this is also kind of goes to some of the conversation that we could have, um, is how did we, how, how are we able to fund the development of this product? Because it costs well over seven figures, right? So how do you have cash <laughs> to spend, right? If you if we wanted to come up with this product um, uh, from the get-go, right? You'd have to go raise, you have to go raise money. There's just, right, it's, it's just super expensive to get to, to, to develop the product. And then on top of that, you have to market it and, and sell it, obviously, right? So that's money. But I think where we were, where I will brag a little bit <laughs> is that um, we were able to fund the whole development cycle through cash flow. Um, and we were wow. still cash flow positive, and we still had cash at the end of last year, <laughs> as you know, Matt. That whole, yeah. uh, you know. So we, we didn't really sit on our laurels, right? And we could have just all taken home fat checks right i mean we still took home medium checks but not like fat checks right um and we took that money and parlayed it into a product that we thought could ultimately be of much greater value in the next you know few years of, of, of the business and and I'm, I'm i'm pretty grateful that we had the foresight and almost courage to just like do it right Right. We didn't, yeah, know, we didn't like, know anything about industrial engineering or like firmware engineering. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> no clue. It, it's code I know it's is so different. World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basic computer science 100, like first day of class stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you took a year to like test and build and work with all these partners and you get this sucker off the ground and you launch it. It doesn't take off immediately. No. But what what was and you you don't have to say the numbers, but what were some of the things that you ended up adjusting or tweaking or like what did you do to make it work? <laughs> like like what kind of things what levers did you pull? What buttons did you press? Yeah, so uh like you said when we launched it, it was cool. It was like embers though. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that fire yet. So I think, I think this kind of framework really applies to a lot of how brands need to think about their, um, their growth, right? I think um, a lot of brands or a lot of businesses might think, 
oh, I just need to fix my ad account and then that'll fix my entire business, right? But I kind of think of it like uh, from like a fishing perspective, right? You could have the best rod and reel intact in the world, but if you don't have a net to land the fish, that homie's not getting in the freaking boat. You know, and I'm Asian, you know, I like fish. I'm Japanese, actually. I like fish. Okay, I like fishing. <laughs> it tastes good. It's nutritious. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yes. So you need a net. So I, I like I tend to think like bottom up versus like or or, or bottom of funnel and then work your way to the top of the funnel. Um and then you yeah. can make those options and then and then work that way. So really the, the thing that really clicked overnight was that we changed the offer, um, product and pricing, as Andrew says, where originally on the site you'd have to buy the alarm and then you'd have to you'd have a choice of an annual or a monthly subscription, right, to purchase. And you have to pay all of that up front. And you can imagine people were used to going from buying a $30 alarm to now $40 alarm plus some subscription mm-hmm. fee. It's it's a lot more friction, right? There's a lot more, I don't know what the, the word is. You know, I'm not that smart. The, the, the mentality of the customer, there's a lot more uh, objections that you have to overcome. That's the word. <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> you know. uh, <laughs> You're street um, smart, Richie. You're not book smart. No, uh, yeah, maybe I don't know about either of that, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so we you changed, changed the offer. it. We changed the offer. So basically, the new offer was that we get we're giving you the first month free, right? Um, so when you add it to cart, the only thing you add to cart is the alarm, and then it says you're going to be charged a subscription after uh, the first thirty days. And really, when we made that change. It like 10x our sales, like no joke. It was like it was like pretty crazy, and I was I started doing Shopify Live View again. That's how crazy it was. You know, I started watching those dots light up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now we're you know um, that that's that's what really put fuel on the fire. Um, so, so it's easy to like look back and realize like yeah, that's what did it. But at the time. What were you thinking? What were you going through? What what led you to decide to change from that like subscription up front to the first month off? What other things did you try and test before you got to that like winning offer? Um, we tested a variation of that. We tested messaging where it was like the first thirty days free, but honestly, that was like the biggest thing of just changing, not ha- not charging people for the subscription on the first month. The fact they were able to push it back to the second month or the third month, it just really changed. It just really changed changed the whole thing. And I think the biggest takeaway was like, yeah, dude, like when you need like a 10x change, you need to be taking 10x swings, right? Like you got to be doing drastic things like tweaking ad copy or like ad creative isn't going to do jack shit. You know what I mean? It might change things like 10%. It's not going to change things 10x. The thing that's 10x is I think it's 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 usually the offer, right? If you just have something a, a good product to sell, then that could be 10x different, right? It's not going to be most likely not going to be like ad creative or email copy or let's send emails at this time instead of this time, or let's yeah, change no. these like circles on the website and do some CRO. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Big boy stuff. No, no, small, on, no small boy. No small boy stuff. Exactly. Uh, 
10x just the offer it's the pricing you removed that friction you lowered the bar the threshold to entry saying hey yeah you, you pay this later like you, the subscription starts later and so yep. richie is that for monthly payments or annual payments or both is it they're both still delayed but is it well yeah currently one? now we're only offering monthly actually today we're going to switch to only annual to see if that take rate goes down because we like to lock people into annual right um annual is better than monthly um so we're going to test annual now wow wow you're so wait you're, so you're testing that now because as of this recording it's 10 14 so black friday's in five or six weeks right so yep now's the time to do it huh yep yep <laughs> um and yeah i think i think like the way to think about when you think about problem solving in your business like the way we thought of i at least the way that i thought about it is like you're an NFL or you're a quarterback, right? You're, you're a football quarterback. And then when you snap the ball, you just got to work through your progressions. I think Dave Herman actually put out a tweet like, I don't know if you're testing all these things at once, you actually don't know what works. And that's so true. You know what I mean? I think there's this like shiny objects or like, I got to do all these different things that everyone on Twitter, all these gurus on Twitter that we actually don't know if they're legit or not. That's not a conversation, but Hey, this person on Twitter said to do this. So I want to do this. Oh, and then this person on Twitter said to do this. So then you end up doing like 50 different things at the same time. And then your whole thing is a shit show. Um, and those people don't have context into actually how your business operates. So then you're just kind of like running around chasing your tail, you know? Yeah. And these could be, it looks like 10 X results for them, but for you, it could be at that, that could be a 10% thing. When you're going birdie plus into a subscription, that's that's a whole different story. That's a that's a 10x uh, offer play, right? So big difference there. So you're you're racking up these subscriptions, um, and we haven't really mentioned too, unfortunately, too much about like why do you think that the original birdie and now birdie plus how it's small, it's lightweight, it's easy to ship, right? Like. Did you guys factor all that in the beginning, or did you kind of just figure it out along the way? Like, oh, that was beneficial to us. Like, like how? Oh, is, and then how, how? How does that affect cash flow or not? Like, how does that help you guys? Yeah. What are you le- leveraging off of that? Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a that's a very good point, and one that we talked a lot about over text. Um, <laughs> unit economics matter, and we didn't realize how blessed we were with fantastic unit economics until we started plugging numbers in the spreadsheets and we're like, oh, we don't need to win at a three or a four X or a five X ROAS. Oh, we could win at sub two ROAS. That's amazing. Like, oh my God, OMG, you know what I'm saying? OMG, dude. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Wow. Wow, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Incredible. You know? and, and I think, you know, if I were to start a business again or start a brand, you got to think about those things, right? Um, I always, I, I say like, you know, you can't, if you're betting on a 99th percentile outcome, that's not a good place to be. You know, like you don't want to not want to have your success be in the first, like the first, like the 99th percentile outcome, like 1% success rate, like. I'd rather be somewhere in the bet on somewhere in the middle. I have way more confidence that that thing is actually going to happen. Right. And just today, like, you know, getting a four X five X 
row us on Facebook every day. It's just probably not possible when you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on advertising. Yep. Yeah. And like you guys realize, and I think I was small part of that but two years ago, realizing like, yeah, you could start spending more faster and scale up and rather keep making this fat chunk of cash every time you could increase your volume, increase the velocity. And so you can scale up more because you're a single product skew. And if you guys were knowing where you wanted to go to sell, you want to go and get there faster. You don't want to just like, oh, yeah. yeah, let's just hang out, wait for 10 years and like cash flow the brand. Like you could have done that and just chilled out at that 5X ROI at 10, 20, 30K a month and spend and just like chilled. But that's not what you guys wanted. That's not what you guys needed. Right. You were looking for this outcome. And so, uh, and it's, it's lightweight, it's small, it like, and okay. Okay. Last, last thing about like kind of the fulfillment operation side of stuff. What, what is your take on this whole, uh, unboxing experience and packaging and stuff like that? Cause last time I remember, uh, when I got my birdie for someone, it wasn't this insanely thought out, detailed, amazing unboxing experience. No, you know, I, I think to some of you, so when we ship it, we send it in a freaking brown box with some tissue paper, some stickers, and like a, a thank you postcard. If it, yes, I, this might be a hot take, but if you have to sell the product that much more, in my opinion, after someone buys, then like, is your product really that nice? You know, that's one, that's one take. Another take is it's an order of operation thing, right? Like how important, like, is that like a, a big boy lever or a small boy lever? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think for us, we never really felt like that's going to like make a huge difference in, in our sales. And especially our business, it's a single product skew. There's not really a case for repeat purchases. So it's not like, Hey, get like 10% off your next order because most people are only going to order once, you know? So just, it, it it's like trying to, to fish in a dried up pond. Like, ain't no fish in there, bro. Like, just no go fish find in a, there. Ain't no fish in there. Go find something else. Go find a barrel with a bunch of fish in it. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop wasting your time. So... <laughs> but for some so, brands, it might make sense. Yep. That's exactly what I was trying to get at is like, if you have a more expensive, more luxury, more like less functional product, that's the thing. Like, yours is like, it's a product that's, that looks good. But its main use is function. It's functional, right? It has a purpose. Right. It solves a problem. It's not this. I just spent two hundred fifty dollars on clothes. Like, let me make like feel good about it. Let me flex on Instagram yeah. that I like bought all this shit, or I got the latest drop, or I got the latest sneak, whatever it is, right? So, it totally depends on the brand. So, I just we I just want to make that like make sure I pointed that out and had you talk about that because some people are like way too over indexed on that and. Uh, it totally depends for your brand. So yeah, especially okay. for early on, I could tell you your unboxing experience is probably not going to make a difference. If you're like sub two million dollars, like <laughs> go fix your unit economics, go fix your product, go fix your offer, like just figure out a channel to get sales. Like that's not going to really make a difference. Yep. Like a, a okay. material difference where you're like, oh, I'm going to get to five million off of this. Like no, it's a it's small boy <laughs> lever at that point, not a big boy lever. Yeah. Small boy lover, yes. Yeah, okay. A quick reminder from our sponsor. 
Checkout Links allows you to create simple and effective short links that go straight to your checkout for your social media pages, paid ads, customer support tickets, direct messages, holiday-specific offers, brand new product launches, or even adding a QR code to your packaging or insert with a checkout link for easy reordering in just seconds. Once again, go to checkoutlinks.com to learn more and install that Shopify app. That's checkoutlinks.com slash Matt. So what has been, you've been at this for like, it's basically three years now in this, in your role as head of growth. And you, that, that, that doesn't encompass half the stuff that you actually end up doing across operations and finances and all this stuff. But what are some of the like biggest lessons you've learned? about yourself or through the business through this last three years, you're getting to this you, at this point, it, like <laughs> I've been, I've been through it. So I'm able to like remember the ups and downs with you, but with these, <laughs> with these episodes, with these shows, it's always like, yeah, we did this, we did that. And then we got to this much. We <laughs> like, we're making billion, yeah. millions of dollars uh, every year. Like what were some of the like moments where like, is this going to work? Like, what, what what huge problems did you end up solving that we didn't talk about yet? Like, I want to get a little more real and a little more uh, not hindsight and just, like, make it seem like this is super easy. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I think the first, like, the biggest, like, uh, lesson that I learned was, like, dude, understanding finance is so important. Especially, I mean, in all business, like, finance, it just matters. Like, um, so what I do, like, what I spend a lot of my time on to try to get concrete is um i project cash flow and off of that i project so i I project sales and off that i project cash flow and inventory needs right um and having understanding of how cash moves through our business right hey we need to make an order now um how long is it till that order comes in you know what i mean um how much do we need to pay for shipping can i order far enough out so i could save forty thousand dollars per shipment um of putting it on a boat instead of putting it on a plane, right? So under, having an understanding of how cash moves through your business um, is really important. Understanding financing is really important. Okay, I know a lot of people are taking these freaking Wayfire loans, and I haven't looked into this, so I shouldn't bash them. Um, these, like, settle loans, these, like, Shopify loans. Um, and it's like, hey, here's $100,000 now. You're going to pay us 5% back of your daily sales until you pay us back 120 thousand dollars well guess what buddy do you know that's basically like a credit card interest rate that's 20 percent apr that's that's super high you know what i mean um so it sounds good but low-key you're kind of getting shafted you know low-key 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 not even low-key high-key getting shafted high-key getting shafted shafted. so understanding finance is really important i think one of the things that made us successful was channel diversification. Okay, this is another thing that kind of like irks me is that once iOS 14 happened, everyone and their mom who had businesses who are service providers who are not Facebook ad buyers or uh, said, hey, you need to come to my channel. You need to come spend money on Google. You need to spend money on Snapchat. You need to spend money on TikTok. Hey, you need to optimize your website. You need to optimize your emails you need to optimize your sms and while yes all this is true guess what first of all if you're buying any sort of digital media all of those freaking platforms got affected the same way that facebook did okay it's like being in a 
everyone's gonna get hit by the tsunami, bro. Like you're not avoiding it. It's not like you have like a house little, in the little, sky. Yeah, a little little too soon about the tsunami, maybe with the hurricane, but we're gonna move on. We're oh, gonna hey, move my bad, my bad, my bad. Um <laughs> uh, hey, my hey, my bad, Shane. <laughs> um we succeed. We we have cash in our business because we sell on Amazon because we sell uh, some wholesale um, different channels, right? That's like channel diversity, distribution um, channels is important. Um, not marketing. Marketing channels are important, but secondary to distribution channels, right? Um, you know, we're gonna do almost eight figures this year on Amazon. And we were hesitant to get on Amazon in, uh, when we first started because, you know, you hear stories or whatever um, about bad experiences. Also, being driven by data is really important. You know, I think sometimes, especially um, as you start to get more removed from, like, the day-to-day um, of certain things, then you start forming narratives around, like, hey, our customers do this without even having, to, having looked at the data. You know what I mean? Um, there is a difference between the way you want your, who, who you think your customers are and who you want them to be and how you want them to behave versus who they actually are and how they actually behave. So making decisions yep. that, uh, and not, not just like a narrative that you tell yourself is very important. Um, I think over time we learned that, Hey, things are going to be okay. You know what I mean? I think I first really started annoying Matt. Um, I could, I remember this. In September of 2020, we were on pace to do a a million dollar a month, and that would have been like freaking crazy, right? We were just like writing, it was like, I was like, oh, just like working, we're like printing, like, we're gonna do a million dollars, like, over a 3x ROAS, like, damn, this is like crazy, you know what I mean? And then, like, the last week of the month, shit just started like hitting the fan, but actually, looking back, it didn't even really hit the fan, it only went down by like 20%, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then I was scared. I was like, oh man, like, man, are we going to do like a million dollars like in November, December? Like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And then it happened. Okay. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I think especially like, you know, like ad buyers, I don't know how you guys fucking do it, but like, you're not riding like that emotional roller coaster every day. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. No, really quick on that. It's like, it's really, it's really hard to like, back that out and take that perspective, especially when you're in the moment, like three or four days in a row seems like, Oh my gosh, that's a trend. Like, Oh no, everything's going to crap. That's almost a whole week of time, but you've been, you've been super above per, over performance for so long. And you're now trending back down to the mean and your this right. mean is adjust. It's still higher than it was before. So, and it's, your first real Black Friday. So understanding that by your behavior, literally nothing you could have done differently was going to slow down and take shape in its own way in the September, October. And then you freaking blew it up. I forget the exact numbers on those last two months, but just absolutely insane. Absolutely incredible numbers. And now you're like, absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. Like you don't even remember those. Well, you do apparently do remember those days of struggling <laughs> and worrying, but you're not like, you have that to pull back on every Black Friday. At this time every year, you're kind of like, okay, well, I learned that lesson. Like, what else is happening in the world? What other events are happening? Is it me? Is it the economy? Like, there are other things that can be influencing and factoring into your business success or struggles or slowdowns. So yeah, I think that is a really good point. Um, 
and just wanted to add in a little bit more there. So um, what was... And yeah, you want to be investing into things that are like going to um, de-risk your business, right? So the more places that you sell and the more money that each of those individual places generate um, or more cash that they generate, the more de-risk your business is, right? If your Shopify channel goes down by 50%, well, hey, if that's only... If Shopify is only... 30% of your overall business, you're only losing 15% of revenue, not 15, not 50. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so I think of it like conquering, uh, conquering cities, right? You need the conquest and then you install the government to run it. And once the government is installed to run the city, then you go to the next city and conquer the next city. Like Alexander the Great did. <laughs> like Alexander the Great did. So you're, you know, you're same thing as selling stuff on the internet. Same exact thing, no differences whatsoever. So you're, uh, I gave Richie all these awesome, well, I think awesome, cool, creative ideas like throughout 2020, 2021. I kind of slowed down and realized, like, okay, he's he knows what he's doing. He's he knows a lot more than me. He diversified, and you know, he's a one man show with. And some he's also lasers. Well, also, okay, mostly not that, but like he has, <laughs> he has like, he's a one man internal marketing team. And he has to do ops and finances and con- like be the point of contact for all these agencies and freelancers and stuff. So he luckily didn't take my advice too much and go all these crazy. No, I took directions. a lot of it. But about that, about this specifically, uh, like going oh, all these yeah. different directions, like oh, you should sort of you need to do media, own brand, and you know all these sort of things that you still haven't really needed or done yet, and that then you so. You, one of those was Amazon at the time, but you, you weren't at the point yet to be able to have the time, to have the, the right contact, the resource, and the, the time and systems to be able to actually run Amazon. And so you, when right. you did it, it was the right time to do it. And so it's diversification, it's de-risking, but there's a time and place for it. Like that took time and took like a lot of effort and a lot of learning and the right partner, uh, shout out to Mark, uh, to kind of learn, shout out learn all that and get that set up. Right. But then you like wholesale and bulk orders and these like big buys like, that, that came out at a certain point too. You didn't just do all this right sure. from day one. So it's, it's diversification. It's de-risk, but there's an order of operations. Invest- yeah. Order of op- it's PEMDAS, you know, <laughs> <laughs> PEMDAS, you know, algebra, man. Um, but yeah, to that point, I think what happens a lot at the time, this so I was going to like everyone on Twitter saying their piece, right? Which is probably true to some extent. You know, these people are not complete idiots. There's a lot of smart people on Twitter, right? But having the understanding of how that fits into the context of your business and how that fits into the context of your growth plan is very important, right? You might want to go do own media. Well, guess what? That's a totally different operation. And if you're, if you don't have any cash in the business because you're investing it or spending it somewhere else, then that's probably just not a realistic option for you, right? And just having that understanding and having like a real plan, I think, is important. You know, I, I don't know how many entrepreneurs actually make a real plan, but a real plan is important in my opinion. <laughs> so, what? And so, just to quickly clarify on something, and then talk about this planning thing. So if you want to do own media, organic, social, like, you know, depends on your strength, depends on your product, yep. depends on your current 
capacity and resources. Like I'm not, I'm decent at writing. I'm decent at in front of a mic. I'm getting better at it now. And all this, I'm, this is like totally getting used to this. <laughs> uh, I'm getting more used to this, but not every founder is like this. Not every founder or uh, internal person has these like skills and experiences to be able to just all of a sudden started like a newsletter that's content-based or like a long-term play, right? It's if you're barely surviving, if you're barely profitable, you can't just look for these like huge, like slow plays. Sometimes you can't, that's not the, you can't do that. So you went to Amazon, you did wholesale, you have Shopify, you're all distributed now, but talk to me a little bit more about this plan thing. Like, what do you, like, like how do you approach planning? You mentioned cash flow and like inventory and ordering and all this stuff, but like zoom back out even, and you've mentioned before, like we had it when you guys started the brand early on, you're like, we want to build the cell. Right. And then mm -hmm. a little later on in the episode, you mentioned, oh, we kind of changed our minds a little bit the last couple of weeks and you didn't really even tell me about it yet. So. Tell me a little bit more about that and like how these plans start and what you mean by planning and then how they change and adjust and adapt over time. Right. So I think in terms of planning, the number one, like the biggest, the farthest endpoint goal that you could set the better, right? Because that way you can ladder back each step, right? And then you could figure out, okay, if we want to sell the business for X number in Y years, what's it going to take each year to get there, right? From a marketing perspective, from a product perspective, from a distribution perspective, uh, from a team building perspective, from a finance and capital perspective. And how does that evolve over the next, like, whatever, Y years, right? And how does that affect what I do today, right? So I think a lot of early stage businesses, I think the default goal, um, in the short run, no matter what the the uh, the end the end goal is, unless you're like venture backed and go down that route, is you need to be default alive. You got to have money, right? If you don't have money, that's not a business, right? You're going to go out of business, you know. Um, so for us, what that equated to was, hey, what things are going to give us the quickest and most ROI, right? Largest ROI, ROI in the shortest time frame, right? And selling on Amazon, once that got set up, that added another six figures a month to the top line and another five figures a month to the bottom line, right? If we invested in SEO, that could, you know, we still haven't done that yet, but, you know, they say it could be like a six to a 12 month payoff and I'm paying, you know, three to four to five to six grand a month for that service. That's actually sucking cash out of your business in order in hopes of getting in in hopes of getting to some some payoff and that's not even guaranteed right <clears throat> so instead of diversifying to different channels which becomes uh, i think becomes a little more uh marketing channels um, which became a little more expensive right marginally more expensive like adding seo for another six thousand dollars a month is not going to add 10x that to the top line every month i don't think um especially in our business um, so it was like collecting all the low hanging fruit. Okay. Let's get on QVC. Let's, um, do some retail. Let's do one. Let's get on fair. We have this other like, uh, TV thing partnership. Um, and then once you have the cash, 
then you figure out how do you allocate your cash, right? Do you allocate your cash towards product development? Do you allocate cash towards hiring, team building, right? Um, where do you want to allocate your cash to invest in the growth um, to get to, you know, your 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 fi- the final destination? And for us, since we wanted to sell, or you know, we still want to sell, but now maybe the time frame's a little weird. Um, we knew that we needed to create a product that had that's just going to be valued differently than what we had. Um, so we knew, yeah, it'd be cool if we try to do all these marketing things and become known and get do whatever. But in order for us to get to the end goal, we need to do this very, very, very important thing that's going to allow us to get there. And once that's complete, that thing was built. Now let's start thinking about what's the next big lever to pull to get there. Right. And over time, you could afford to take small bets, right? We spent a hundred thousand dollars on podcasts, didn't not continuing it, but we we had we were able to take a chance on it, right? So um, you know, that's I, I think having like a, a true plan really means like understanding what you want this business to look like. Um, how does that fit in one? How do you have a good life? How does that business fit into your life? And then what's the what are the main steps that you need to get to that? Uh, to get to that point, not just, oh, I'm going to jack up revenue all day and lose money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's going fast, there's going slow and calculated and kind of working backwards. So you kind of identify the end goal and work your way back. And it, again, we're probably like, it's way oversimplified, like, but that's, that's what you have to do. That's, you got to pick a direction and start walking that way. So Oh, then you got to really... understand what your attributes are. You know what I mean? Like your DNA. Like, I'm not going to make it to the NBA. Just a matter of fact. Look at me. I'm a 5'5 five, five <laughs> Asian homie. You know, fucking fat as hell. It ain't going to work. I ain't going to be in the NBA with Braun or Draymond or Podmon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what's realistic? Hey, I could do spreadsheets. You know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, so, so how does how does that equate to the, the business and the brand side so from the business side okay i'll give you like a, a concrete example if you're a beverage business you know multiple and beverage businesses are extremely high and they're valued on a top line number right so um you're just by having a, a, a business in bev category your potential you have the potential albeit it's very small um like one or two percent that you have the potential to grow it into a multi-hundred million dollar business enterprise value right just because that's how those businesses are valued right if you are uh you know what's a good example like birdie like original birdie you're going to be valued off of ebitda multiple you're not a repeat purchase business you know you're like you're almost like a flash in the pan. There's gonna, it's like you're, you have a fuse, and it's gonna burn out eventually. So the value, the the total value to that business is not gonna be high, right? So you either got to change the DNA of the of the business and give it attributes so that it could achieve a higher outcome, or just understand what you have and maximize for that. If we don't want, we would just probably maximize for like uh, putting a million dollars each in our pocket every year. You know what I mean? Like that's a different set of that's a different optimization than trying to sell something for multi hundred million dollars. It's just different. 
but you got to know what's what's kind of possible with what you have. And if it's not possible, then you got to see, is it it possible to change it or not? And don't, like I said, don't try to shoot for that, like, crazy outcome. You can't just be like, oh, we're birdie, now we're going to start selling soda. (laughs) Like, what the hell? That would have worked, yeah. So you, you looked at the goal, you're like, okay, your goal is still this big outcome. Like you're, you guys want to go for it. And you looked at what your currently DNA current product. Oh, we're going to need to get to like 50 to 80 to hundred million dollars in pure revenue to get even close to where we want your exit to be. Cause it is mm-hmm. off EBITDA, not top line. Right. So, okay, cool. We either change our goal or we change our DNA. And so yeah. you guys looked at that, like, okay, cool. Well, we still want that. So how do we change the DNA? That's how Plus, Birdie Plus, the subscription, the tech, the app, all this came about. Because you turned yourself into the one one buy, one-off buying product, just Facebook arbitrage, essentially, was your business right. for a little while. And now you're building this subscription, you're building this, like, you can build onto this. You can, you can like upgrade the app. You can like, do things to it as you go. You can kind of do additional stuff now that you've kind of opened this up, but another, you're still, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Another analogy is like the food analogy. I call it the cow analogy. I love steak. I love meat. It tastes so delicious. Okay. Um, I don't care who you are. A ribeye is just going to taste better than Chuck, right? If you have Chuck, a Chuck stick, a piece of Chuck, you're going to have to probably ground it up and make it into a hamburger. And a hamburger is great. You know what I mean? But it's different from a nice, medium rare, juicy steak. Okay? Yep. So you got to know what you have. If you want the ribeye and you have a piece of chuck, one, change your expectation and be okay with having a great cheeseburger. Or say, screw it, I need to go get that ribeye. And it's just different than what I have right now. Yeah. No, that's 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 good. That's a good one. Um, I like food. Okay. <laughs> I, Dude, I love food. You love food. Food is great. Um, big fan. So, okay. Any, uh, start starting to like wind down here. Is there any, uh, anything you want to mention about the past, about lessons, the frameworks, experiences, or if there's anything that you're looking forward to or that, uh, you want to talk about, or should we just wrap it? Uh, just, uh, just find a great friend like Matt could tell you what to do okay that's all you need that's, to succeed yeah <laughs> that's, kidding. that's that that's it friendship is is what we are all looking for it's like big, success <laughs> yeah no but um yeah like i said the finance thing is important um know your know what outcome you want and reverse engineer to that know what you have on your hands um and and then going forward yeah it's going to be pretty interesting building out like now we're going to start building out like the B2B sales channel. Um, Matt briefly mentioned, you know, we got some deals with uh, bulk orders where they've ordered like 10,000 alarms at the time. I'm like, oh, this is great for our cash. Um, we did a partnership with Nike, just finished a partnership with Bumble. It's been pretty awesome. Um, so we're going to grow that side of the business out more now that we have the Birdie Plus that we could hopefully sell people. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, and I'm interested to see if we grow our EBITDA margin over time, right? And the more that we can grow our EBITDA margin, 
the more optionality it gives us. Like that's where I was kind of going with, hey, maybe we don't need to sell in like the next few years. Maybe we could hold it out, bank millies each year, and then sell for maybe a okay. billy. You know what I mean? For a billy, maybe just maybe just effort out and go for a billy real quick. Like, yeah, we'll see. Wow. Okay. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for jamming with me. Uh, this is all the stuff we've talked about over text the last two and a half years, uh, and so much more. But now people actually kind of know who you are, where you're coming from, what your experience is like, and your perspective. So that next episode, they're like, okay. Richie said this. I understand where Richie's coming from. His experience and his. He's not just a rando. He's not a total rando. Like you're you're too busy like working to like do twenty threads a week on Twitter, but you are going to start threading it up soon. So uh, try follow follow Richie on Twitter. Uh, Go check out Birdie. Is it still she'sbirdie.com? Yeah, she'sbirdie.com. Go check it out. Buy Birdie, but ideally buy Birdie Plus. Um, Get that subscription. Um, cool. That, I think that's it for this one. Next episode with, is with Tom again, and then me and Richie will be back the one after that. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all and catch you on the next one. Thanks, Matt. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I love being able to do this and meet with people that are smart and enthusiastic and just want to share what they have to know about all things DTC. Every rating and review and episode you share with a friend means a ton to me as I continue to bootstrap this show as part of my small little media brand, High Key Geek. If you haven't checked out my other show, E-Commerce Uncovered, you should. It's a little more tactical and practical, and I've guest experts on to learn from freelancers, agency owners, in-house marketers, and founders, all in an effort to help you continue to bootstrap your D2C brand profitably. Two episodes a week will have you staying up to date on the ever-changing industry and learning fundamental concepts and tactics for you to apply to your own brand. That's e-commerce uncovered on the High Key Geek YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Catch you next time.